0: The blast from our past network. talking back
1: hey everybody welcome to talking back the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies comics video games and more i'm your host tim with me is co-host dean and this week we are covering a video game called infernax dean what's up
2: hey tim i'm uh Super pumped that we're still, you know, uh, spooking it out. We're still in the spooky season. I had a spooky, little bit of a spooky walk right before this, you know, because it's nice. like spooky time right now. And uh, it's funny, my. It really reminded me of last year's spooky walks. Like I just like the yeah. air is the same as it was last year, you oh. know, around this time. And it was, whew, I Ooh. was just feeling it. You're scaring me, Dean. Uh, good, good. This, you know I what? Don't this, like this game. This game is pretty spooky. It was a little it was a little spooky. I liked it. Nice segue. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy yeah. segue. Creepy. Did the did the game scare you? Terrifying. Dean I was terrified by the game. Oh, excellent.
1: Excellent. But not because of not because it was scary, but oh. because of how obsessed I became with right. it. Right. I it took over your life. Obsessed. <laughs> yeah, it took over my life is yeah. not even an understatement yeah yeah
2: off tim yeah. off the top yeah how many times have you beat this game
1: um i beat it last night for the fourth time
2: okay i, I guess i guessed four when i was okay. on i was i was talking to my wife and nice. i guessed you'd beat it four times yeah. nice
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's become problematic i'll be honest
2: awesome awesome yeah. uh
1: it's okay though we'll talk about it. i'm so happy to be talking about it listeners thanks for joining we always love October. We always love bringing this uh, this kind of content. And hey, don't miss out on our Halloween special, exclusive on Patreon. Cost you five bucks. That's it. And if you sign up to get that episode, you actually get every single episode we've ever released on Patreon for that five yep. bucks. So, I mean, that's a great deal. Five bucks for all the episodes. It's I'm going to deal. Do, I might even do it myself. I might even sign up.
2: You are signed up, Tim. Am I? I think so. Yeah. I'm signed up Who too.
1: Signed me up. <laughs> Who signed me up?
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I signed. I don't know. That's, up. I'm signed up too.
1: Oh, okay, great, great. Uh, yeah, help uh, support us. Come on, guys, support guys and gals Support uh, talking back. It's the right thing to do. Uh, okay. Well, then,
2: <laughs> now you're just getting a little aggressive, Tim. Um, no, let's keep it at. Uh, you can do it if you want. Halloween episode's going to be oh. fun. That thing is a fun time whenever we cover. It, what You know, whenever we cover a Universal Monster movie for Halloween, that's our true selves coming out. You know, we put on an act here for this, for every other episode. Our right. true selves come out on Halloween night.
1: Yeah. Sign up or we'll kill you. How about that?
2: <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's our, Tim, you're letting your true self out.
1: <laughs> or we'll curse you. You'll be cursed sign a thousand up. times. You'll be cursed yeah. by a thousand demons if you don't sign up for Patreon. Okay.
2: That's fair. Now yeah, sign up or we'll, we'll curse up. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Now it's, now it's going to happen out of necessity, rather for than sure, yeah. the urge to want to listen to more Talking Back episodes.
2: Yeah. Would you like to be a frog for the rest of your life? No. Right. Then you right. should probably sign up to our Patreon.
1: Right. And then there's those who are like, that would be nice. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to sign up. I'd rather be a frog. And that's fine. You know what? I respect those people.
2: Yeah. We won't make you a frog then. We'll do something you don't like.
1: Oh. Hmm. What's the opposite of a frog? uh a rock uh i mean i guess so that's as good a guess as anything an airplane <laughs> airplane's pretty good
2: Just How- guessing things that aren't alive but you probably have to be alive in some way
1: hmm a hippopotamus
2: Okay. No, they're yeah, both in good. the water true yeah not the opposite
1: uh an amoeba
2: okay okay i think still close <laughs> <laughs> it's like a giraffe there a giraffe
1: a giraffe. There, yeah. there you go. Yes. I like that. A giraffe. I got it.
2: The opposite yeah. of frog is giraffe.
1: Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, we should get shirts made. That's a, I think that's a good shirt. <laughs>
2: the opposite of frog is giraffe. <laughs> Talking back
1: podcast. Um, listen, I didn't beat Infernox four times to talk about frogs. Okay. True. I want to get to this game. Here? This game was released on Valentine's day, 2022, which I think is hilarious because of the style of this game. They must have done that as a joke. Um, but it comes out for all the major systems. And, Dean, the reason we're covering such a new video game, because I can, I can hear the listeners, they're talking right now, they're like, wow, 2022, this is not retro. This is brand yeah. new. Well, listen, it's a full-on 8-bit style retro video game. That's why yeah. we're doing it. Its primary influences are Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, and Castlevania II Simon's Quest, a couple of amazing games. Castlevania II, one of my favorite games of all time.
2: That's true, yeah. And if you want to know why why it's Tim one of Tim's favorite, you should listen to our Castlevania One, Two, and Three episode because he lays his heart on the line on that episode.
1: Yep, I do, I do. Yeah,
2: and you made me like that game much more than I did coming into it. Not that I disliked it; I, I liked the game, but uh, you explaining a lot of things about that game really helped me appreciate it more. I like that you're talking about this being also like Zelda because those are the types of games I know, and I have not really played the older Zelda games. You know the the Nintendo Zelda games, the Super Nintendo Zelda games. I haven't played those, but when I was playing this game, I was like, "Man, this is like Zelda. I love this so much because it's like Zelda." So that's awesome that that was an influence.
1: Cool. Okay, so you liked it. You're playing it for the first time, and what I'm hearing is you liked it.
2: Oh my god, Tim! It was incredible. Yeah, it's it hard. It's hard not so to like this game. Fucking right? Fucking good. It was like so fucking good it's
1: so good
2: it's so good we did okay so we did a game back in early on in our days we did bloodstain curse of the moon right it was good yes it was good tim this is so fucking good this is like way better than that game
1: agreed yeah this was recommended to me by friend of the podcast mark awesome and i then in turn recommended it to you and also all the readers of our newsletter I just, yep. I got the word out there to everybody. Dean, I started playing this game when we were at the lake this year for podcasts at the lake. Uh, and I haven't stopped. I literally yep. haven't stopped. Uh, I just kept beating it and starting it over again. And I, I have a serious problem. Okay. I I need it to be over now, but okay. before an intervention happens, I just need, I need it to end after this podcast This is going to be the conclusion of me with this game for a while because it's becoming a problem.
2: You're going to get it all out there. You're going to get all your feelings out there for everyone to hear, the world to hear, and then you can put it aside for a little bit.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Hopefully a while. I'll definitely play this game again. It's amazing, but I need a break. Okay? Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Did I mention that?
2: Once or twice. Maybe not four times, but once or twice you mentioned it.
1: The other day, I crawled into a coffin and played it for eight hours.
2: <laughs> wow! And I should have been sleeping that's in that coffin. Incredible! I have been
1: regenerating, and recharging. But yeah, I just, but instead, it.
2: you just—that's the beauty of uh, the Switch, Tim. You can just take that thing into your coffin with you and play in yeah, there. Exactly. It's awesome.
1: Now, Infernax was created by some fellow Canadians at Berserk Studio. They wanted to make a Metroidvania style 8 bit game that was too gory for its time. So they did, and they made this game way back in 2011, Dean. What? Yeah, Infernax was originally an online Flash game that they shopped around for four years, but no one yeah. would publish it because of the gore.
2: Yeah, it's, it's very gory.
1: <laughs> it's gory. Yep. So they went to Kickstarter in 2015 for crowdfunding. They only generated $4,500, but decided to put in the work anyways to make it perfect and release it.
2: That's incredible, man. That's. uh...
1: I just want to hug Berserk Studio so hard right now. Like, just the tightest hug that you could give a studio. I just want to hug it.
2: For sure. We haven't given out a hug in a long time either, Tim. This is a real throwback episode right now. We're going to give out a hug today.
1: Yeah, I I just did. You know what, Dean? Sometimes, you know, the episode hasn't earned a hug.
2: Interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking Superman 4. (laughs)
1: That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) That was exactly what I was thinking. No hugs were earned. Not a lot of huggable people. Recording of that episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, what is Infernax, you're asking?
2: No, I know. Oh, you know know what it is, Tim. Oh,
1: okay. The listeners are asking, what is it? Okay. Infernax is a 2D action adventure game where the player controls a knight named Alcidor who finds his village overrun by monsters upon returning from the Crusades. Alcidor wields a mace and shield, he can obtain a variety of magical spells and he earns gold and experience points whenever he defeats an enemy. Spending gold can upgrade his equipment, while spending XP can upgrade his health, mana, or attack power. The villages that are sporadically placed throughout the game are where you can buy items and accept quests. Villages and their residents will also be affected by the choices you make throughout the game. Hmm... Yeah, We
2: made some bad choices.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to the choices we made. Yeah, I made some bad ones. The goal of Infernax is to defeat five castles and destroy the magic gems inside of them. Once all five gems are destroyed, the final castle containing the final boss is unlocked. And Infernax features multiple endings with your actions determining the ending you receive. Very, very cool stuff. Very
2: cool. I am going to be interested to hear Tim. I'm sure you're going to tell us all the endings you got. I'm going to be interested to hear on your first ending because I feel like we're going to get we would have got the same first ending because I only I beat it once. I only played it one time. Beat it one time. Got one ending. I feel like we're going to have the same ending on that first one.
1: Very possibly. I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think we make similar choices in our in our first playthroughs. I, I we'll mm, see. But no, that, that's I don't. My, I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't I, know? I was.
1: Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there soon. Okay. Okay. The graphics of the game, beautiful 8-bit graphics that it goes about four or five levels deep, allowing for really, really great parallax effects as you're walking through the, the, the wilderness. There's all sorts of cool effects in this game. They have rain. They have lightning. They have snow. They have leaves. There's bats flying around. The candles flicker. Trees will bend in the wind you traverse mountains villages cliffs cemeteries underground areas castles barns huts churches hidden passages and so much more yeah it's amazing um even though it's 8 bit like it looks like really tight 8 bit graphics like oh, yeah. the colors are just really really vibrant um, th- these type of animations you can't really do in an 8-bit game. Like you can't have rain effects and snow effects the way they do it yeah. in this game. So while it is 8-bit, it's just so much better than that, but it has that nostalgic feel to it.
2: Yeah. One of my like favorite things about it is when you like smash someone with your with your mace and the blood splatters everywhere and you get it on like your head and your shield. And then you're just like walking around with blood on your head and your shield. But it's like, still 8-bit you know it's just like you just got this like little red on your head now um i like that small small detail you know something that's just not you don't see that kind of thing when you're actually playing an 8-bit game um so i they don't they don't add that type of detail uh so i something i really loved
1: Yeah, it's a very very bloody, very very gory game. But with the 8-bit graphics, you almost don't even notice it because it's it's kind of cartoony, right? Like it's kind of totally. silly. Yeah. So, it, they can really get away with that. But yeah, like you said, you're you're covered in blood for the majority of this game. Cuz anytime yeah. you kill someone, the blood just splashes on you and then it's on you, kind of dripping.
2: Yeah. Until it like drips until like drips off basically. Yeah,
1: it just dries like after like six seconds and dries.
2: Yeah, if you haven't killed someone in a while, then it'll just like kind of fade away, it'll dry away. But then as soon as you bash someone again, then it's splattered all over you.
1: Yeah. You'll often just randomly encounter skeletons killing guards, like murdering (laughs) them, stabbing (laughs) them. That happens all the time. All the time. There's
2: sometimes (laughs) I just walk sometimes just walk upon something and there's this there's just a skeleton, yeah. like just putting an axe into one of the soldier's heads. And I just laugh for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I
1: always try to get there as fast as I can to help them. Like, oh, for of, sure. Yeah. Half of the time you can kill the skeleton before yep. the guard gets killed. And half the time the skeleton will just kill him and he can't do anything about it. Yeah. But it happens all the time.
2: I just laugh when I have no chance. When I just walk in there and it's like, I have no chance. He <laughs> just like, I walk in and it's just an axe into a head. And I'm just like, well, all right. No <laughs> chance on that guy.
1: Yeah. There's um, creatures eating human corpses. There are Fine. dead bodies impaled on giant wooden spikes. There are bodies hanging on crosses, yeah. bodies hanging from trees, like also blowing in the wind. Yeah. And sometimes the bodies are hung upside down. It mm-hmm. Dep- depends what town you wander into right. and how angry those demons were. Yeah. There's corpses rotting in hanging cages. All sorts of wild, wild, like, sadistic, gory stuff. Yeah. And when your character gets killed, they always play out this aggressive and, like, very graphic um, animated exaggeration of your death. Where, like, your death blow just keeps happening over and over again. The screen turns red, like blood, and your character is a silhouette, as well as the guy who killed you. And that guy just keeps like stabbing you over and over or however you died. It just keeps happening over and over and over again.
2: Yeah. It reminds me of like a finishing move on Mortal Kombat where it's just like that excessive violence of just like maybe that guy will like rip your head off and then, you know, the blood will just be spurting everywhere. It's just, oh, it's super, super excessive. Or like if you got shot with a spear to kill you, that spear will now carry you all the way across the screen and like (laughs) pin you up against the side of the screen and all your insides will be coming out. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, blood just sprays everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, the bosses are absolute abominations. So gross. Something that you would find right out of a Hellraiser movie.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like Just
1: weird, weird mutated creatures with like, some of them have their stomachs like opened up and pinned open. And you can just see. Most of them. (laughs) Most of them. (laughs) It's one of the prerequisites for being a bad guy in the game. Yeah. Is your stomach pinned open at the moment? Yeah. Yep. Okay. We could use you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Hey, throw that guy in a dungeon. Throw that guy at the end of a dungeon.
1: Yeah. Is your head melted and you have six <laughs> eyeballs on your forehead? Perfect. Oh, we could use you. <laughs> head on over to Castle 2. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you more.
2: Your intestines are spilling out and there's an eyeball <laughs> hiding behind them. Yeah.
1: Get in Castle 3. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, overall, I just thought the gore was a ton of fun and it gave the game a really distinct feel like th- this is what stood out from, you know, any other 8-bit game that you're encountering is like <laughs> the-, the level of, you know, maturity and terror and gore that they put into it, even though it doesn't really feel all that bad because it's still 8-bit graphics.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like so over the top that it's funny and you're like, so you're having like fun with it, you know? So it's, it's like, it, it adds that extra layer to it where you're like, oh, you know, the creators of this game want this to be fun. You know, like they're they're having a good time creating these characters, so I should be having a good time playing. So it really is the more of that that I encountered, just the more fun I had with it and the more like I kind of fell in love with it for for having this like it's like, it's a serious game, you know, you have to like think through it, you have to play through it. It's a hard game at, at times. Um, and there's this aspect of fun that they keep reminding you about where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is actually a good time, though. Remember to have a good time.
1: That's a great point, because that is so very true that you can tell they want you to have fun with the game. Yeah. The music, as you'd imagine, is all the 8-bit sounding chip tunes. And it obviously uh, fit perfectly and really captured the feel of the game. The sound was just very, very full and mostly dark in tone, you know, which again is perfect. Early on in the game, I wasn't too impressed with the music. But the further I got, the more I fell in love with it. And one of the reasons for that is because there's 45 different tracks in this game. And they're all good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's actually, that's the same as me. Uh, when I started, um, I started with it way up and it was turned way up on my TV. And actually I turned it a little bit down, you know, when I started, cause I was like, okay, I don't know about this music just going over and over and over again. Um, but then as I progressed, by the time I was at the end, I was just like, I had it jacked up because I was just in love with all the sounds.
1: Yeah. Just having like that wealth of, you know, a musical library just kept the game feeling really fresh. Yeah. You know, whereas sure. a regular Nintendo game maybe you've got 5 tracks, you know, maybe a, a really good game has 10, but 45, like they were able to change the music anytime the terrain changed. You know, any time yeah. you went somewhere new, the music changed, and that was really effective in this game. Yeah. Some of the classic tracks in this game, a good day to be alive, very much reminded me of Castlevania 2. It's this energetic adventure vibe that like pumps you up and gets you ready to fight enemies when you're out in the wild and like traveling between the villages during the day. A trace of evil is a really nice tonal shift that plays during the night and captures a bit more of a, like a spooky and afraid type of feel, mm-hmm. which fits perfectly because um, creepier and more difficult enemies come out at night. So it's a very nice cue when the music kicks in, and you realize like you're in trouble now because the enemies are way tougher.
2: Yeah, it's not a nice cue, Tim. It's a horrible cue. Every time every time that music played I knew I was in for it. some tough and there's some tough enemies that come out at nighttime and the first time it happened i was like what's going on who are
1: all these who are all these new characters that i have to fight there are some night enemies that once you're as powered up as you can be are still pretty tough yeah it's
2: so like they're there you get really powered up as the game goes along and like some things that were not very hard become so easy for you to kill you can just mow through them but those night enemies are still tough and they don't give you that much experience. You know, that's what's the weird thing. It's like they take so many hits to kill and you get like 25 experience when like that should be one blow when you're later in the game. Uh, It's just, they're still pretty tough.
1: Yeah, like once you're powered up, there's some of those night enemies where if you like pretend to go for your mace, they'll just explode dead because they know what's coming. Right. But but then (laughs) there's a couple who are like, nah, I'm going to try to take you on.
2: Yeah, and for they, sure. They
1: take a bit of a bit of work. Yeah. The sewers track is probably my favorite one. It has a very cold and dark feel to it. Uh, it was the track for one of the castles. And it's like you are in a dark sewer or cave. And you can just... You feel like there probably isn't much light there. You can just envision this as you're listening to it. You can... You know, you can feel the air is probably like moist and stale. And maybe you're seeing shadows move and Mm. you hear noises in the dark. And that's what this track does for me. It just makes me, as I'm playing the game, I'm just thinking, oh, this is like, this is really scary, really, really terrifying. And um, I just thought it was a really great track for setting the tone of evil in this game. It's a very evil, evil track.
2: I thought the tracks in the castles were incredible. I thought the the like the game was always sort of stepped up with the castle tracks where like I liked the rest of the game and it was always switching like you're saying and it was uh, it was really fun to go from place to place and like kind of know the music that you're getting into. But I thought every time I stepped into a castle it was just like another level. It was just like okay, it was like intense. It was scary like you're saying. It was like it got me in the right it got me in the right mind frame for this game that can be played kind of casual at times, but it's like, nope, you're in a castle. it's time to it's time to get down to business,
1: yeah, yeah. The castles were definitely the best tracks because they focused yeah. on making those the darkest sounding tracks, yeah, the, the cool the ones that really like made you feel a bit of terror just walking in and for sure the, the sewers was my favorite of the bunch, nice. As for some of the game mechanics, there's all sorts of different weapon upgrades, character upgrades, magic spells, and new abilities to learn. And this was great because it really makes you feel like you're being rewarded on a regular basis with the frequency of the new power-ups that you were able to achieve.
2: Yeah, for sure. And also, like, you can achieve certain power-ups by just like grinding experience. So that's what I found early on in the game too, was that uh, I wanted to just go to areas that I knew there was lots of enemies that I could kill and just like grind up my experience. I was like a World of Warcraft player back in the day where you would just like go into a place that you knew you could kill a bunch of enemies and just sit there for two hours, killing them to get your experience up. So that's how I started this game. I started it by just like, grinding that experience up so I could upgrade all my stuff so that I can then carry on with like dungeons and other remainder parts of the game with some upgraded stuff already.
1: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. I love games that allow you to grind. Um, And this one did it, but it wasn't like, it wasn't in a way that was frustrating. You know, it was never like I need so many more experience points to get the next upgrade It was always achievable. And, you know, sometimes I just want to pick up a game and just mindlessly grind for a bit. Like, I want to be playing, but I don't want to be trying to figure out where I need to go next or what else has to happen or get stuck in a castle. I just want to walk around and smash, you know, demons' heads with my mace. And you could do that for like half an hour or an hour and upgrade your character. And it was a lot of fun. So like they, even that, even the grinding, they incorporated in a really, really smart way. And after playing it four times, you know, I know the grinding spots. I know where to go to grind. And there's one spot in particular, which is just incredible for grinding. It's in the second castle. You can almost upgrade your damage that you deal, your health and your mana. You can almost upgrade them all. In about an hour, if you just grind this one area. Awesome. It took me a really long time to realize even that area I could grind in a better way. I kept learning better ways to grind the one area. And um, by the time I figured it all out, uh, I was basically achieving like double the XP that I was getting when I first started, just because of little tricks I would learn of how to get like do the area better.
2: Awesome. Awesome yeah i I love that. and it's something that's like it's a problem I have with like these older games where you get points for killing enemies, and I'm just like, what do those points matter? like what when I get like a thousand you give me an extra life like i guess that's fine but like i always have a problem with those points it's like that doesn't actually give me anything so i love i I loved starting out this game seeing points pop up which are experience points seeing those points pop up when you kill an enemy and having that actually mean something immediately i can like i can actually use this to make myself better and i just i I love that right away so i just like immediately fell in love with just going and grinding out enemies just to like get that stuff up
1: yeah, you spend your XP like currency, which yeah. I don't think is a normal thing. I think normally your XP means no. you achieve different levels, but like yeah. if you get I don't know, if you get, you get 150 XP and you can upgrade, but you lose that XP, then you have to make your way up to like 500 XP to get the next level, then you lo- you, know, yeah. you spend it, and then you have to keep you know collecting more. so um, killing the bad guys will give you XP. And you get gold from them at the same time uh, to a lesser level. You get less gold than XP. But you can use the XP and the gold at shrines to power up your character. The shrines also double as save points. And just walking past a shrine will actually fill up your health bars and top up your lives. So very good thing to find these shrines. Um, if you want to save great, but just walking past one, you just, everything just fills right back up. It's, it's really good.
2: Yeah. It's another thing that made the game really fun is having specific save points. I'm used to playing these games that we've been playing now, Tim, just on the switch and saving whenever I want and even rewinding the game whenever I want. You know, there was, there was not a lot of stakes sometimes when I was playing it, but playing this game, it's like, I had to find a save point. I had to know where they were and I had to know that like, when I was about... When I was deep into something and I was like trying to get further and further, if I died there, I would have to start back at my save point. You know, like I'd have to go through that all again. So it was always like a huge win when I saw a save point. You know, when I saw a shrine, I was just like, oh, yes. Like, okay, a shrine I can save. I'm safe here. I can always come back to this. And I like that feeling. I like that sort of feeling of being young again when, you know, you just... You had to get to that save. You, You couldn't just leave you know your mom was calling but you couldn't go to dinner because you had to reach that save point and that's what i felt playing this game so that was that was a uh, that was really fun
1: yeah they're pretty generous with the save points and there's they are, al- yeah. there's always a save point in a village and you really quickly start to learn where the villages are they're also you know once you get to one they're very specifically marked on your map so it's very easy to find where you have to go to a save point the yeah. the times that you really get into trouble are in the castles uh, if you're stuck somewhere and you don't have a save point, but yeah, they were, they were, they were very generous with it. Yeah. So Dean uh, spells was a very fun thing in this game. And I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, what was your favorite spell? What did you find yourself using the most for spells?
2: Okay. So the one that I used the most for spells was replenishing my life. Okay. I used that the most um that's what i would always have that was like my go-to on my button on a that my go-to was to replenish my life because i just yeah i always wanted to like be able to keep going to reach that save point so that was my go-to but the game changer for me was the wings to be able to like fly to any shrine that was a game changer because when you fly to any shrine you immediately Get everything full again. You get your mana full, you get your lives full, and you get your um, health bar full. So if ever I got into trouble, uh, in out in the out in the world, I could use the wings to go to a shrine to uh, to to, yeah fill up everything. So that actually just relieved that took a lot of pressure off of me in some of those situations where I thought like I might get in trouble and I might not be able to make it to another shrine.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. The heal spell I found myself using all the time. Yeah, uh, then the teleport spell that comes later in the game, though, but it's very, very helpful. Yeah, there's a shield spell, which I barely used.
2: Barely. I used. it was one of the early ones you get. So I used it a bit at the beginning, but yeah. I still I didn't like really understand the effects it was giving me.
1: It doesn't do much. Um, I think there's some fireballs no. floating around you damaging enemies, but it it lasts for like 10 seconds. It's so fast. Yeah,
2: it's not long. Yeah.
1: Then there's a time warp um, that will switch day to night, night to day. Uh, yeah. You know, it's got this day-night mechanic in the game. I rarely used that. That didn't really come into play very often. Maybe once or twice, you know, in a playthrough. Would, would you actually want it to be night or day when it wasn't?
2: Yeah, I used it twice when I got to a place where it needed to be night. And like, and so I used it because it wasn't, but it was just chance that I got there, and it wasn't right. You know, exactly. It it yeah, it's like rarely used.
1: The familiar is a necessary spell to get to progress through the game, which is this raven. There's a couple spots where the raven will go and like flick a lever for you. They they say the raven likes shiny shiny objects. And then it'll, you, you release it when they're at like a dead end. The Raven will go and flick a lever for you and like make a new bridge so you can get across the area. So for that reason, it's a necessity. But I really, really liked using the familiar um, it, because what it does is it just goes right after the foremost enemy on the screen and bubbles yeah. it. And it doesn't yeah, do as much damage it. as you do, but it hits over and over and over and over again until that thing's dead. And then it picks up the gold and flies the gold back to you and then goes yeah. out and attacks, attacks the next enemy. And I really had, awesome. a, I had a good time with that because it's, that one lasts a long time. It's pretty yeah. powerful. And man, it was like your pet. You're bringing your pet with you. I really like the familiar.
2: Yeah, it lasts surprisingly long. And as soon as it brought gold back to me, I was like, oh, hell yeah, we are good friends. You and yeah. me <laughs> are
1: going to be good friends. It does um, like shiny objects.
2: There's one lever that you like, yeah, that you need that familiar to pull for you. Um, I didn't have it when I got to that lever the first time and I wasted so many lives trying to make the jump. Yeah. So many lives trying to make the jump because I actually didn't know it was a lever. I thought it was, I thought it was like an upgraded weapon or something. I was just trying to make that... I was trying to make that down and under and jump up. Mm. And it was like so hard. I wasted so much time. And I was like, maybe there's somewhere else for me to go in the game. And then I went and got the familiar. And then I was like, okay, this makes sense.
1: I tried making that jump a couple of times and realized it couldn't be done. And the game was pretty good about like showing you areas that you couldn't get to like early on and you knew that you needed an an upgrade to get there. So when I got there and I like whatever I tried didn't work, I gave up. There was also a guy in a village who, you know, like I'd mentioned, says that the raven likes shiny objects. And I kind of right, clued yeah. into the fact that, oh, maybe I need the raven to do something with this lever. Maybe the raven will fly and hit the lever. So I kind of cued into that. Um, yeah, I, uh,
2: my problem was I hadn't gone to that village. When I got my power that allowed me to jump high, I went that other way first. Um, so I, I just had no idea. I thought that that was the only way I was supposed to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, regardless of whether you know what the guy said or not, you still are trying the jump. You're trying to make it. You're seeing yeah. if like what the skills you have are enough to get you up there, but but yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not enough. No. Then there's one thing you get like really, really close to the end called the holy light, which was probably my favorite because it just made the game so much easier, which was where when you'd swing your mace, you'd actually shoot out a projectile that would hit the enemy yeah. with the same damage your mace would do. So you're just way back on the screen, you know, hammering your mace over and over and over again, and projectiles are just flying out. And you can just clear the screen, you know, from the back. You just, you just wipe out everybody, you know. Yeah. But you only get it right at the end, like <laughs> right when you're ready yeah. to go to the last castle almost, uh, you know, close to that time, that's when you can get it. So it's a tough one to yeah, get, it's, but that, that's, it's so great.
2: It's so great. I loved that one. I was so surprised that it basically hits with the same amount of power that you can hit when you're up close. Um, and it lasts for so long. It does uh, This do, was, yeah. for me, this was crucial to beat the final boss. If I did not have this, there is no way I would beat him ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to like walk through really quickly the opening to the game because I thought they did a really, really good job with what you would consider a training section for the game, but they integrated it really well and it just felt seamless. Like it didn't feel yeah. like a training a training section. So your character Alcidor, uh, I have to ask you quickly, Alcidor, did you change the name to something else or did you leave it as Alcidor? No way. Yeah, I left the it. That name's so
2: killer. Yeah. I left
1: it. Guess what my four game names are? Alcidor. Alcidor 1, 2, 3, and 4.
2: <laughs> awesome. Great. That's perfect because like, right. it's uh, it's such a good name. I just read it and I was like, I can't change that. How could you change that?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: I'm not going to change that to Dean. No way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's way less cool. It's, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you should change your name to Alcidor. I should. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about it. So you sail into town on a boat You have your mace, you have your shield, and you have your armor. You encounter a man on a pole being eaten by ravens. He (laughs) falls off and starts attacking you, so you just instinctually kill him, You know, fight or flight. Then you quickly get to a possessed man, and you get your very first morality decision of whether you want to slay this man or to spare the man. Now, Dean, I have to ask. It happened five seconds into the game. Mm -hmm. What did you do? Did you kill this guy or did you spare him? Okay, Tim,
2: he said, kill me. He was saying he asked me to kill him. And I was thinking, I was thinking Starship Troopers, you know, okay, if it's my duty to kill this man, this man is being a zombie. He's becoming a zombie. He wants me to kill him. So I killed him. I killed him, Tim.
1: It would be impolite not to kill him. It would be, but apparently it's the wrong choice. I killed him as well, Dean. Yeah, good. I, kill, I <laughs> He asked for it. <laughs> he asked to be killed.
2: I thought I was doing the nice thing, but apparently I was not.
1: I was doing him a favor. Yeah. So then you make your way to a, a village called Darsov, which you can basically call like the capital village of this game. It's like where the knights and the church elders are situated. And when you roll into Darsov, it's attacked by a demon- And you fight along the other soldiers trying to stop it. When you get the demon to about half health, it pukes purple all over you and runs off. And you're now given time to investigate Darsov and its various buildings and people. You can talk to anyone walking the town or anybody inside the building. When you find Father Henry and you speak to him, he asks for your help in finishing off the demon. So... You can follow a trail of the demon's purple blood on the ground to find your way to where it is, which I thought was really, really cool. Like, how am I going to find him? Oh, just you walk out the screen, and then there's a purple trail. So, a really nice visual cue. Then, right before you get to that demon, you pass the first castle, but you need a key to get in. So, you keep going past it, and you find the demon very close by. You again. Fight with the knights, and when you kill the demon, Father Henry explains that you need to break five magic seals so they can get into the castle that the main evil is in, which you're now standing in front of. So they like lead you to the like the final castle that you need to go to. Yeah, they're talking cool. in front of it. And for destroying the demon, Father Henry gives you a key so that you can go back into that first castle that you just recently passed to get rid of the first seal in order to break the five seals. You need to find the five castles, kill the five bosses. When the boss is dead, a seal appears and you can destroy the seal. Hmm. So I thought all of this was just a really nice way to introduce the game. Um, it gives you time to learn the controls. It lets you learn a bit about the world, like that. You can communicate with people. They'll give you quests Um And they like start sharing the overall story of the game with you. And then they place you exactly where you need to be at that very first castle. So I really, really liked and I kind of took notice of it once it all happened and I was left at the first castle. I was like, wow, they just trained me in the way of the game and left me at the first castle ready to go. I thought it was I thought it was really, really smart game development.
2: Yeah, it is so seamless. Um, I just knew what I was doing at every point I was doing it. You know, instead of like a game that gives you like a tutorial at the beginning and then throws you right in and you still don't really know because you weren't really listening to that tutorial or you didn't know how it would apply while you were listening to it. Um, it, It's so seamless. It's so nice. Um, Just teaches you kind of everything very slowly, like you said, until they lead you up into that first castle and you're ready. and then now you're ready you know you're ready to go and you're ready to actually go on with the game but you've already defeated a big demon you are you've already talked to a bunch of people in a town you've already learned how to you've already you've already like made your own moral your first moral decision it's like everything that's going to happen in the game you've already done in this little sneaky training session you know you didn't even really know you were being trained but you were cuz now that you're at the first castle you know exactly what to do you, like I at no point was I thinking I don't know how to play this or I don't know what to do. It was just, it, it was just taught to me so seamlessly.
1: Yeah. I went right after that first castle. I was just ready to go. I'm like, For I'm sure, sure. Yeah. Do it. I'm going to smash <laughs> you this got it. castle. Yeah. Let's get yeah. some blood on my armor.
2: Yeah. See me, I talked to like everybody in the village before I even went after that demon.
1: Oh, so did I. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But that's part of the, like the training, like they give you that time it is, yeah. because you have to yeah. go find father Henry
0: so right, they give yeah. you the
1: time to progress through the village. Get, you get a couple of quests. You, you get some upgrades. You, know, you purchase a few things. And yeah. then you find Father Henry, and he's like, I need your help. And then you follow the, the puke trail. Yeah. So to find the castles, you need to explore the world by adventuring through the wild and through a handful of villages scattered across the map. Now, traveling between villages, you'll encounter hordes of enemies and encounter several areas with morality choices. Now, with the morality choices, you can choose the path of good, or you can choose the path of evil, or you can fall somewhere in the middle.
2: I always thought I was choosing good, and I feel like I was always choosing evil. It's like... I felt bad after I made the choices.
1: (laughs) You don't know. So they don't tell you, like... They don't tell you what's good or what's evil. So in certain yeah. instances, maybe killing the guy is the wrong decision. That will put you on the yeah. evil path. But maybe killing the yeah. guy is the right decision. It'll put you on the good path. So you don't really know. So no, I often just came there. I would get to a morality, morality decision and I put my controller down and I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, this is, sure. is going to affect the outcome of my entire game. And I don't yeah. know what to do. So you just kind of like make, you make the best guess. You, you just, you go with your gut, you know?
2: I think, yeah, I think what's cool is that they're not obvious. They're not obvious choices. Um. So I thought as I was progressing that I was doing the things I was supposed to do, like killing the guy who asked me to kill him. I did that, you know? So I was doing things like that where sometimes it would be the harsher outcome, but it's like somebody I thought I trusted asked me to do it. So right. I did it. And then afterwards I'd be like, well, that guy didn't really fight back and I just killed him. So I was like, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. And then, (laughs) so then I would get later on into some more morality decisions and I'd be like, okay, so I should probably go against what I want to do. And I'd go against it and then that would turn out to be the wrong thing, you know? Like, oh, maybe I should try to talk to the creature in the cage and then he bursts out and kills somebody. And I was like, okay, I guess I should have just killed him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I just want to clarify what I said there. So if you get to a morality choice you can only choose one of two things. So there's only like a good or a bad, but your character through the game, as you're making these decisions, you can fall to the side of good. You can fall to the side of evil, or you can land somewhere in the middle. And it's all based upon the percentage of good choices you've made or the Uh, percentage of bad choices you've made. So if you make enough good choices you'll fall to the path of good. If you've made enough bad ones, you'll go to the path of bad. But if you're kind of in the middle, you're in the middle.
2: Okay. I think I might've fallen good then because of my ending. But so that's nice. That's nice to know.
1: So if you find yourself in the middle of the morality meter, your game plays out fairly straightforward with you like helping some people on quests, you know, doing what they want. Um, You'll get some different spells and some different upgrades than you normally would have got. You'll beat the five castles, you'll break the seal, and you'll fight a final boss battle. But it's not against the main bad guy. And then the game ends. I think that was me. That was me the first time. Okay. I did not, because when you're in the castles and you break a seal, they flash this giant shadow. Of the main villain on the screen, right? Yeah. Every time you break the seal, you see this big, like, demon. And I was always expecting to fight him. And then when I went through the game and beat the game, I didn't fight him at the end. And then the game ended. So I felt like I didn't do it right.
2: Yeah. Like, when I finished the game, it said, you know, you defeated this this demon but it will there's still one out there so it said something like that there's still it still wasn't the one it wasn't the and i was like oh okay sequel sequel game i guess
0: mm,
1: no no different mm. ending so mm. i think we both landed in the same uh um, okay the, the same ending the first time
2: what happened to you at the end of the game you personally like your character
1: um I got the Path of the Martyr. It was called. Same. Okay. Yeah. We died in battle. We, we died, died in, in that
2: final battle, and they uh, erected a statue of us.
1: We killed the we killed the boss, but we died yeah, from our wounds. We
2: died from our wounds, which I thought was I thought was interesting because usually my choices along the game were to fight the things. So I like that in the end you died in a battle because you're always running into the fight. You know, you're <laughs> you, you're the martyr. You died the martyr.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now. Dean, if you lean heavily into either good or evil choices and do all the right things, mm. the game shifts dramatically near the really? end. Yes. Uh, ah. It basically turns into uh, more of a battle with the factions in the game, which are Father Henry and the Knights and Robert and the Red Robe cultists. Yeah, okay. Two groups of people you encounter through the game. Um, Now, this is where the replayability comes in huge with this game, because if you know that the game changes based upon your choices, you want to go back and make different choices and see how everything plays out, you know, depending what path you go down. So, um, yeah, I wanted to do the path of good the first time, Dean. I ended up in the middle. I very much got caught up in the fun and did some very questionable things in the game. I did some questionable things too, Tim. I did some super questionable things. I was not the greatest guy in this game. Yeah. I killed some people I shouldn't have killed. I said yes to some things I should have said no to. Same. But I was just having a lot of fun doing it.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, it's a game, right? So you're like, yeah, let's do the violent thing. Exactly. Because you're like, I'm a knight. I'm a knight. I'm supposed to kill all the people, right? Like, if someone's having a problem, you need to kill the person. What this game is good at is, like, who are you supposed to trust? Like, just because someone says you need to go kill someone doesn't mean you need to do it when you run into that person. Because like, who are you? Like, why would you just trust that guy you met in town? Exactly. Why don't you trust this guy who's in front of you who's telling you that like, they didn't mean any any trouble? <laughs> Maybe yeah. you should trust that guy.
1: So they really lean into like trusting one yeah. of those two factions. Exactly. If yeah, you can yeah. just keep following the advice of one of the factions, ah, that's you'll smart, follow yeah. down that path. And really, really interesting things will start to happen. So in one example of how a decision will change your game, I loved the heal spell, right? We You love the heal yeah. spell. It was our I favorite love it. I it so spell. Much. Your, your health bar fills it up all the way, but it only takes like a portion of your mana to do it.
0: Yeah. So
1: you can basically fill your health up three times with a full full mana bar, which, it, which yeah. is huge. That's like three bonus That's lives. It's amazing. I relied on it so heavily that first time round, And then when I went back, I decided I really wanted to tread down the path of evil. And one of the very first morality choices I made, um, the red robe guys, they asked me to kill someone for them. And I did. And it set me down the path of evil. But the guy that I killed was the guy who gives you the heal spell. So exactly. I didn't yeah. have the heal spell for the entire game, which made it way more difficult, but yeah. also allowed me to lean into like a, some of the other spells and start to utilize them a bit a bit better and figure out like which one worked really well. And it ended up being the lightning, uh, the lightning yeah. strike spell was like my my go to after that. Very but helpful. Not having that heal spell, it forced me to change the entire way that I approached the game, just that one decision. So I thought that was really, really, really cool.
2: That's awesome. I I didn't know. I didn't know that it would like drastically change the game. I knew I might be missing out on some side quests. I knew my ending might be like, obviously I knew my ending would be different. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go replay just for a different ending, just to be like, uh, like just called something different at the end, you know, just tell me that my, my hero lived at the end you know i thought maybe that would be it that I, I i lived after the fight but to actually know that that it could it can drastically change your game and even the ending of the game can change you could even like are you telling you're trying to tell me you can go fight that final boss if you do all the
1: good choices if you follow the path of light you'll go and fight that boss
2: that's sick, man. I want to do that so bad now. If you <laughs> follow like, the path of evil, I understand why you replay it so many times.
1: Exactly. If you follow the path of evil, you'll have a different outcome altogether, which is also really satisfying.
2: Oh man, I want to, I want to do. Yeah, don't tell me what they are. I want to do that. Well, I'm, I'm going
1: to. I'm going okay, to tell me you. what they are. Unfortunately, I have to. Listeners, if take, you don't, I'll want I'll take to my know, earplugs out. <laughs> if the listeners don't want to know, they can tune out, Dean. But I'm okay. bringing the info right now. Okay, tell you. Tell me. You tell me. If you follow the path of evil, you know, perfectly, you know, to, to do that, I got in really good favor with the red robes. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. They know how to do that. They gave me a red vest. So I kind of oh, like had yes. a red. I was now wearing a red vest. Anywhere That's I went so cool. where they were, they were like my buddies. They traded in my mace and shield for a long sword. So I had a new weapon in the game, which Man. was way better than the mace. Yeah, it was, like, it was like the mace, but double the distance, same speed. Amazing upgrade, way better weapon. Then I eventually led an army of red robes and demons on an assault against Darsov. And <laughs> what? It was this super long battle.
0: It's your where hometown. <laughs> I'm
1: fighting all the knights, like just so many knights came. Wow. It's just, they it didn't stop. I'm killing them over and over and over again. Um, I had to kill several really powerful good guy bosses, which was really cool. There's this one really memorable battle with a white knight on a white horse. Uh, so neat because you're used wow. to fighting demons. Yeah. Uh, a really nice contrast there. The uh, leader of the Red Robes, Robert, will kill Father Henry. And then I had the choice of whether or not to kill Robert. And if you decide to kill him, you get in control of the Necronomicon. And then I turned into a demon myself.
2: Yes. I grew
1: wings and I was flying. Yes. (laughs) I flew through a magic portal for an amazing (laughs) final boss battle where I'm flying through the sky fighting a giant like screen-sized head covered in eyeballs.
2: Amazing! Uh,
1: It really reminded me—if anybody's played it—of the final battle in Kid Icarus, but Mm, just like really, really juiced up, like way, way better. But really, really cool. I took the path of evil and I turned into a demon. That's amazing! I can't.
2: I'm so. I'm so mad. I was right down the middle now, Tim. I'm like, I'm so mad. Those other one. That
1: other one sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So Can't that was good. a that was a lot of fun. Uh, I left yeah. a bunch of stuff out too by the way. That's just kind of yeah, yeah. like you know the the climax of it but there's a lot of fun stuff to do along the way. Yeah, I feel like I can already think
2: of the decisions of what I would have to do to get in good favor with that group. So I'm I I I want to go back and do it and just make those decisions. Do
1: what they ask you to do, right? Do what just they ask follow you to do. Yeah. All of yeah. their instructions. Yeah. There's like um there's like a, a gauge. There's a percentage. So I think you're allowed to do a couple good things and still okay, follow yeah. the path of evil. Yeah. But I think you have to like do what the red robes want you to do and avoid helping the people with the quests that they're asking you to do. Yeah. You just kind of got to like, got to say just no, don't to do their quests. Yeah. 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 So with the ultimate good path, which was great and um, probably the most rewarding because you get to you get to fight the actual bad guy, which is the reason I kept playing the game yeah. is that I didn't beat this boss that they're flashing over and over again. I knew I hadn't yeah. beat the game yet. So on my fourth attempt, I, did, I got the Path of Light. I will be honest, I needed to look up all of the directions of what to do because I had tried before for the Path of Light and i failed and mm. there were a couple things i missed and i needed to look it up to see what did i miss uh to do to do that path so i looked it up uh found those things did the path and in in this version you kind of get to the end you stop a small force of red robes from taking over darsov so kind of like the same battle as before but yeah. way way less intense there's like way fewer guys okay Then you and some knights raid the three uh, red robe hideouts. They've got like these locked doors. You You can get to them in the game if you can get a password. If you talk to the right person, they'll give you a password to get in. Yeah. But here we just storm them. We storm the three places. Okay. We go in, we kill everybody in there. And then you get the Necronomicon from Robert in the last one by killing him. And... Now that you have that, you go to the final castle, you break the seal, where if you don't do it this way, you break the seal and you fight like just that normal boss that we both fought the first time and the game ends. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of that, you jump through a portal and go to a new castle, a final castle. Cool. And most of the castles in this game took about 20 minutes, would you say, roughly? Yeah, yeah. This castle took me easily two hours to finish it was so hard but so rewarding to do it amazing and then yeah if you beat that castle you get to that boss at the end you fight him he's super tough i was panicking i thought i was gonna die um but ended up beating him and then you get the correct ending
2: nice tim how many save how many shrines to save in that final castle that's two hours
1: there's one one. Oh, yeah, my there's goodness. one. But the castles kind of laid out so you're always sort of heading back to that central area. Okay, where there's, the shrine is? It's a maze. It's a maze. Okay, you're like okay, you yeah. have to find you have to find keys to open doors, yeah, kind of like most yeah. of the castles, but you'll go in a direction, you'll find a, a little portal which will throw you to a different area that's only accessible by that portal. And then you can only get out by another portal that takes you to a completely different area. Okay. And this is what happened to me. I got a key, went to a door, continued on, and I found another locked door. So I had to backtrack all the way to where I was, yeah. find the path to go to get another key, head headed back there, open that door, found another locked door. So they, they lay it out so that you can't actually go and find all the keys and open all the doors. You have to just find one key at a time to open up one door and then jump somewhere else in the castle to find the other key. Really, really tough. Fucking demons everywhere. Huge demons everywhere. Sweet. It was so much fun. So rewarding.
2: I really want to replay it to try to get those endings because like, I, I obviously I liked the one that I had because I came saying this game is amazing, but I didn't know that there'd be different ways. To, I knew there was, I knew there's things in the game that I missed, you know, I knew there was like, yeah. that guy talked about something and I never, that never came up, you know, that never happened. And so I, I figured that it was because of some choices I made. Um, So yeah, I, I want to go, Uh, I want to go get those endings. It's worth it. Yeah. yeah i'm guessing I, you can't i'm guessing you can't get the light ending if you flooded that one town if you broke that <laughs> dam and flooded that one town
1: No, definitely one of the things you can't do definitely yeah. one of the things i did do the first time
2: i did that i didn't and know I what panicked. i was doing i didn't know, I didn't what, know I what i was doing. doing i panicked so hard because i talked to that guy in that house who told me to break the dam and i got his quest and exactly. all I was doing was doing quests at that time so i was like yeah great I'll break this dam for Same. this guy's for this guy's quest, and then it floods their town.
0: Yeah, floods and their like, town. Like
2: everybody in the town's pissed off at me, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, shouldn't have trusted that guy. And then someone said someone said outside his house that he that his house stunk, and I was like, "Uh oh, this guy was a bad guy that I just didn't know."
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like you did one of the um, you know quests for the bad guys. Which is yeah. fine, but you have to do only quests for the bad guys. Don't, exactly, don't mix any yeah. of the good guys in there.
2: Yeah. I was doing a lot of good quests, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, mixing that one in wasn't uh, wasn't great for my game. I, felt, I, I honestly felt like I ruined the entire game because of that one. That was the only one that made right. me feel really bad flooding that town.
1: Yeah, same. That was an accidental one. That
2: was an accident, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So just to kind of like uh, clean up maybe some things we've missed, uh, I thought the castles were all very satisfying to play through. They had lots of challenging platforming to do in it, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was laid out very, very intelligently and not too punishing. They weren't too long, you know, good level of difficulty. And I, I think I'd have to shout out to the actual controls of the game. It controls very, very well. It's very, very tight. You can land on like the corner of a platform and you land on it. You don't, you don't miss it. Uh, It was all, you know, kind of put together very well.
2: Yeah, it was great. I loved, uh, I loved the intensity of the castles. Uh, They were still, you know, difficult enough that I needed like a strategy and a plan, which is what I really like because when I started the game, I was just kind of going with the flow and just doing things and I didn't really need to think too much about what I was doing. I could just run into enemies and hit them and you know like I could just keep going forward and forward and forward. But once I hit a castle it was like I actually have to think a bit. You know I have to I can't just keep going forward. I have to plan out I have to plan out my steps. And I have to know like, okay, I need to be able to get to this point without getting hit yet because I'm going to get hit a little bit later on because it, there's this tough thing coming up. So I need to, it was that, you know, it's that classic like, oh, I need to save up as much health as I can to get to this point because I know that I'm going to need it then. Um, so it it brought in that sort of um, competitiveness, you know, that intensity to the castles where I was like, okay, you know, I, I actually feel that type of platforming game where I need to like train my fingers on what to do, even though it's been kind of lax up to this point. So I, I loved that part of it. It was, was kind of the best of both worlds, this game.
1: Yeah, the platforming didn't really occur out in the wild in between the villages. No. It, it was fairly easy to traverse, but when you got yeah. into a castle, they were like, okay, you need to make the jumps yeah. or you're going to fall into lava. And it had the classic like Castlevania 1 spikes that would go up and down and drop yep. that you had to kind of jump on and then jump onto another one uh really really well done loved it i thought the game was laid out in a very smart way if you do go back and replay it dean you'll notice the quests are all pretty close to the villages where you get the quest um the first time i played it like I was all over the place. I was more yeah. focused on the castles, so I had to do a lot of backtracking to like finalize these quests. same. But you will notice everything's really in tight locations, and you can go through them really, really quick as you're, you know progressing through the game. It's very clear the love that went into this game and also the intelligence that went into it. they they knew what they were doing. They had some great ideas. And they were able to work them out, you know, really well in this game. It's just, these are the types of games I love. It's a complete game on every front. They have mastered every element that goes into the game. Instead of trying to create something that's more robust than they're capable of dealing with, they create something that they can control every area and make every area perfect and make sense and be tight and what you're left with is just a really tight and fun experience instead of something where you're like well this was fun but i think you know there were f- you know three too many castles you know i, I wish there were there were right. less castles or i went on too many quests you know that They didn't get caught up in any single idea in the game. They realized like the function that everything would take and how to incorporate that really well into what this game is. I mean, everything is just molded together so well. And in a game where you can take different paths and create different outcomes in the game, everything is super balanced for evil and good. You know, whatever path you want to take. Yeah, just, yeah. It, it's a real, like, it's a real work of art. I'm I'm actually, like, just fascinated by this game. You know, it's just, it's, it's so amazing what they were able to uh, accomplish here.
2: Yeah, for sure. You've been, like, telling me how good this game is since, you know, since we had a uh, podcast at the lake. You've been saying how great it is. And so I've been hearing how good it is, but it's still, like, was better than I thought it would be, you know, it still exceeded my expectations. It's so so good. And it's just like the perfect type of game for me. I love Castlevania. So like the dungeons are like Castlevania. I love Zelda games like those are my favorite types of games. It has all those aspects of having to talk to people and having to get quests and do side things. And maybe there's some stuff you can do some stuff you can't. Dungeons are even like Zelda dungeons, you know, there's things you have to figure out. Like it's, it's like a combination of Zelda and Castlevania. And then also I'm a big horror fan and like, it's so gory. It's so disgusting. It's so cool that there's like all this extremely disgusting creatures on the screen. I love the small details that like zombies are eating people. When you walk in on zombies, they're eating a body, a, a body on the ground. And then they get up and see you and come after you there's demon-possessed people in the game that are floating above the ground. Like, that's not something you would ever see in an 8-bit game, that, like, a person is just floating in the air because they're demonically possessed. I thought that was, like, a great touch. Actually, a little bit spooky. I was a little spooked out by looking at, like, an 8-bit game, um, just because, like, a person was floating, so it was awesome. It just, like, has all these tiny little aspects to it that when you put them together for this game, it just was, like, perfect for me. Like, I just absolutely loved playing it and I, I i will be playing it more because i want those other endings it was so great
1: yeah great game yeah now, dean when you beat the game yeah um there's one area where you can like in your pause menu you can go you can look at a book and yeah. it'll show you all the demons that you've encountered right and what i was amazed to see the first time around was my book was like half full. So there were yeah. half, half of the demons in the game I hadn't even encountered because you have to go down these different paths to encounter them. So I wanted to fill my book up, you know, which was another thing that you know, makes yeah, the re- for replayability. Sure. But when I beat the game, Dean, I got a code. Did you find the, the, the Codemaster room in the game? Yes, I
2: did find the Codemaster room. Yeah, I didn't know what to do there. <laughs> did you get it? Did you get the code
1: when you beat the game? Yes, I did. Did you enter it? No. Oh, do you know what your code was? No, no okay. I don't remember. So I think we, we did the same path. So we probably we got yeah, the we same got code. The martyr. Yeah. So if you take that code, yeah. if you go back to that, it's like a mausoleum. And yeah, then I, yeah, you walk through it. this mausoleum, and at the end, you have a chance to enter a code. Yeah. If you enter that code, you're given a jetpack and you can fly around the game. That's amazing. <laughs> what? You fly. So like you the fly. next time
2: I play it, I can go there yeah. with that Enter code. Enter
1: the code. Oh, and cool. now you have a jetpack for the entire game. Oh, that's you can, amazing. You just fly. Yeah. Um, so
2: helpful. I try. So I got <laughs> very, very, just, helpful. <laughs> very helpful. Very um, helpful. So that that mausoleum, like there's a bunch of graves up to that point. So I did spend like 10 minutes in that room trying to see if those, gra- those grave stones, because you can read them. Try to see if those gravestones would give me the code for the end. I didn't understand that it would be something that I would get if I beat the game. It was just at the end of this hallway was like this place where you could enter a password. So I was like trying to figure out, I was reading every single grave and yeah. trying to figure out what the clues would be, trying to figure out what the similarities might be because there was like, I think there was 12 graves, but only nine spaces to enter a code or eight or yep. something. So I was like, oh, which ones matter, which ones don't? And I, I spent like 10 minutes in that room and oh. then I was like, fuck
1: it, I'm out of here. <laughs> you spent 10 minutes there? Yeah, more I spent more. <laughs> like two hours there, Dean. Okay, I was it's determined... <laughs> That those graves and the messages were holding the key to unlocking yes. a code. I yes. entered some smart ideas as well. I'm like, nice. I actually think I cracked it. I think this is gonna give me something. And it didn't. Yeah. All Ugh. that those graves were, those were Kickstarter backers that were Hell getting yeah. into the game for backing it. And they could like Hell write yeah. a little quip. But that rules. The codes only come at the end of the game when you beat it. But listen, Dean, I want to tell you about the codes. They've added into this game. Okay. Do you know the Konami code? No. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, B, A, select, start for Contra. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. You can enter that. Oh. And if you do that, Dean, you will play the game as like Alcador as a Contra guy with a machine gun. Cool. Yeah. You just run around with a machine gun and you can upgrade your machine gun.
2: So you just have to do that. Like, when, where do you have to do that? at the...
1: the menu screen.
2: The menu screen? Okay, sweet.
1: There's a chainsaw mode where you can play what? with a chainsaw. I need it. There's a motorcycle mode where you drive around on a, motor- a motorcycle. There's an invincibility mode. There's an over-the-top gore mode.
2: <laughs> I think we're already there, Tim.
1: <laughs> I thought so, but we're not. There's a paintball mode. There's a mode where you can start with 99,999 gold or XP. There's an infinite mana mode. There's an infinite jumps mode. I don't even know what that means. I guess you jump as high as you want. Then there are changes to the character you can make. You can play... The game, as I mentioned, the Contra guy, you can play it as evil Alcidor with the long sword right from the start. You right. can play it as a barbarian with an axe like Conan. You can nice. play it as a wizard using magic, or you can play it as Alcidor half the size that he actually is. <laughs> These are all codes they've allowed into the game, and awesome. when you beat a different ending you'll get a different code allowing you to do something different the next time.
2: And you have to go put it in at that game wizard spot
1: and then you get it. I think you can do it from the menu screen. I think, I think once you beat the game, you oh, can, en- you can put enter the code from in the from the menu screen. Menu screen. Okay. Yeah.
2: To have it right yeah. away.
1: I think you can do it right away. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. So awesome. Want to do all uh, that?
1: I approve of Infernax. In case anyone's wondering where I stand with the game, I'm in full approval. I am looking forward to sleeping finally now that this is all finished with. Good. I'm gonna crawl back into my coffin without my switch.
2: Okay, that's probably good. You get some sleep.
1: Get get a bit of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly pale.
2: Yeah, you look a little pale You need a little sleep. Yeah, you need a little sleep. I totally understood why you loved this game after just playing it normally. And all this stuff that you're bringing up makes it even even better. I'm so excited, so excited for it.
1: I hope you play it more. Uh, let oh, me know I will, how it goes. I have to. Anybody out there, uh, check it out if you're at all interested. It's, uh, it's not a A price. It's like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. So you can get it uh, fairly cheap. It's been out for, you know, getting, getting close to a year now. So it might even go on sale, but uh, definitely add it to your list if you're a gamer. Tons of fun.
2: It's so fun.
1: All right. Everyone listening, if you're looking for a way to support Talking Back, there are a few ways to do that. Please tell your friends about us. Also, leave us a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. You can send us a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com talkingback, or you can sign up to be a patron and gain access to exclusive episodes over at patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. And now that this episode is over, do not worry. Just head over to the bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like. Dean, thank you for joining.
2: Thank you, Tim.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening.
2: books me too hi i'm john join me over at the comics underground podcast where i invite guests to discuss their favorite comic books graphic novels manga and more go to bfopnetwork.com for more info or find me on your favorite podcatcher i'll see you there